0: podcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our international community of learners as we create the education of the future. Here's John Papadakis.
1: How does communication For congressional campaigns, prepare someone to advise students how to write more effectively. How does the capstone project, combined with sustainable development goals, promote learning? Welcome to today's episode of the ACS Athens Outcast. We have with us Helen Seretis and Michael Zanuzzi, who are in charge of the writing studio in the Learning Commons of ACS Athens. The Writing Studio is just one of the services available for students along with math research and media studios in the learning commons. Their sole purpose is to enhance the learning experience of the students by providing support, guidance and necessary resources as the school community takes learning to the next level. Today, with Ms. Seretis and Mr. Gianouzzi, we discuss the therapy couch of the writing studio, meta-strategies around writing and creative approaches, the bad thoughts bunny and why it's full, reaching out to the students and how to motivate higher learners, handling over 2,000 projects and assignments per semester, supporting students while setting boundaries, using creative writing as a way to express personal frustrations, using personal interests in order to learn a foreign language, how to gamify EFL language support, writing college essays in a personal and unique way, the case of the celery crunch, using hardship to grow, and the capstone project, bringing the classroom into the real world. Both of your capacities and activity in the school are designed to provide needed support to the students. How does a counseling psychologist with specialization in family therapy and a political scientist lead the team that bolsters the writing abilities of students?
2: You know, I think particularly we are mandated for the entire school. So we work with elementary and middle school all the way through high school. And especially when we have our most recent exciting project is this capstone project, which is trying to incorporate how our students can take what they're learning in the classroom and apply it particularly into the community around the sustainable development goals, which for my background, right, it's based in how across effects on animals or people or pollution and all these different areas, how can students use their writing ability and improve even specific skills like embedding resources and embedding research in an effective way. But how do we communicate that message through our writing that makes a larger impact? So I think I'm really relying on my training in the past around messaging and particularly writing because I actually got started in congressional campaigns and doing communication in Northern California around how to get someone elected. So there's a whole range of issues that you have to approach through that. And those sort of skills and experiences are relevant to what we teach the kids in terms of how to write a quality message. Remind me to do this session when we have elections. (laughs) Exactly. Come around in November, we'll we'll talk again.
3: Can I add to that as well? Um, I think uh, another kind of positive is the fact that both Michael and I are counselors. So we like to kind of create an environment that's welcoming. We really have a humanistic approach when we work with students. Um, We want to build those relationships and connections. And that's why they come to us. So, you know, we we help them with their writing, but we also kind of help with their motivation and, you know, overall, you know, know that we're part of this collaboration and their team with their counselors and their teachers and, you know, all the rest of the faculty.
1: So coming from such diverse backgrounds, obviously offers uh, diverse opportunities for discussions with the students. Can you describe what kind of topics or issues come up in your daily activity? (laughs)
2: <laughs> I think as Ms. Anetti said, because, <laughs> because we're school counselors, we, have, we got a couch in our writing studio, right? People, students have told us that it's like, a, it's like a therapy room. So when it covers what topics come in, you can't even predict it. You couldn't even imagine what comes in. Yes. We got academics. We also have relationships. We have the insider scoop around what's going on, even behind the scenes around student relationships. Because they come to us and because we work one on one we're able to develop that deep rapport with them, right? And they can come in. There's not a grade that we're giving them. We're giving them skills and we're working on particular assignments. So I think that that relationship does help. What we get in in general is uh, particular assignments and how they're even psychologically working through it and what their plan is, what their approach is towards. So we teach a lot of, I would say like meta strategies, Mm -hmm. around writing and how to approach it from their sort of, psychology and time management and organization. So we cover a lot of those kind of softer skills in tandem with the harder writing academic skills. Yeah.
3: And if we do see a kid that's kind of, you know, come in, we've created this thing called the bad thoughts bunny, We have
1: <laughs> what, <what's> that? <laughs> which yet?
3: it's a jar where students can write down their thoughts uh, and their feelings about something that's kind of overwhelming them at the moment and kind of giving them writer's block or just, Overall, kind of affecting their day, so we just give them the opportunity to like put stuff down, and it's anonymous and confidential. And
2: and it's full,
3: yeah, all the time. (laughs) So
2: we have since coming in and just getting that out of them allows them to open up, be a little more available. And Miss Seretis actually has a bunny, (laughs) so next to it we have a picture of her bunny, and it's become this kind of cult following. When the kids come in, they know where to find the bad thoughts bunny. You you should start charging for this kind
1: of service. (laughs) So uh, you mentioned before that you don't give grades, Mm -hmm. right? And as we probably all know, you know, giving grades is one more item of motivation for the students. So how does a student get assigned to come to the writing studio? Can someone come on their own? Uh, Do you invite? What's
2: the mechanism? Our, Our main mechanism, there's multiple ones. The one we began last year was because we're part of the Learning Commons where we have the math studio and the library and the media studio and the writing studio. So what we have is the and the research studio and the research writing and research studio. And we have this learning commons reaches out where we particularly look at map scores and we use, identify the lowest percentile and the highest achieving percentile. And we then reach out directly to teachers with our sort of data driven findings to ask them to set up, students to come in and set up workshops and to, especially for the higher learners, how do you push them? How do you motivate them? Because at ACS, a lot of our students are incredibly ambitious and they have high aspirations for where they go to university, what they wanna do in their careers. And so we don't wanna stagnate and allow kids to be bored in their classes. So we really wanna focus on engaging that higher level. So we have this protocol that reaches out um, to the classroom teachers, at least that that's one way, but they can also sign up individually.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, And we, we go to advisories. um, So the students get to know us there and through capstone. I feel like our, you know, increasing our visibility overall um, and letting everyone know what we do. We have a lot of walk-ins. We also have a weekly counseling meeting where we communicate with the counselors about the status of college essay, personal statements. So, you know, keeping kind of open communication I think is key with everyone.
2: And to give you an idea of the the numbers, right? So we've seen so far this semester, 2000 different students. So that's 30 minutes at a time. Because that's how long it takes for well, w- two thousand presences, two thousand presences, two thousand assignments right. worked on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not two thousand students because yeah. we have eleven 1, hundred. But so you have some repetition in the who you work with. Yeah. But we track it in thirty-minute increments because that we're able to go through an assignment there. Right. So we have really high traffic, and we're we're proud of this, uh, Miss
1: uh, This year you're assigned in the writing studio, but your professional expertise is student counseling and academic advising. How do you reconcile those two? Um, Have there been situations where a hopeful college applicant comes to you for more than writing advice? I think you mentioned something in the beginning of our discussion.
3: (laughs) That is a very good question. So I think, um, John, this really has to do with setting up boundaries with students. And the truth is, you know, I'm not their counselor anymore. I've transitioned into a different role. Um, Of course, we can hear students, we can listen to them. But whenever there is... Something, you know, of a social emotional matter that's deeper. We always, you know, communicate that either with the counselors or psychologists. So, you know, I think that part of my transition was learning to build that boundary despite the relationships that I had with students where, you know, maybe they tell, you know, they used to talk to me a little bit more. And, you know, I'm, I'm slowly building that. And I think that, you know, I've created a new role with them and build the relationship with them through writing essays, through their creative writing. Um, So that's been my focus.
1: How about you, Mr. Zanuzzi? Although not officially a counselor, uh, have there been occasions that frustrations are expressed which go
2: beyond writing? Absolutely, and what we try to do, because we're the writing and research studio. So when students come in, yes, we hear them and we're empathizing and we're mirroring back what they're saying to get them to work through what they're thinking about. So we have our our counseling background techniques that we can employ. But we always try to also bring it back to what are the research-based practices for how to deal with whatever situation is coming up. If they have we have uh, frequent flyers, let's say, who come in and they're constantly behind or they're over anxious or they're stressed about assignments coming up, we have resources ready and organized to say, here's 3 best practices are proven strategies. Why don't you try these out? We even had students who do writing exercises in reflection. Right, so how do we use writing to directly approach and address whatever situation I'd be dealing with? So um, yeah, we can kind of use the counselor tools in combination with the the writing writing and and research tools, right? Mm -hmm. So kind of getting the the trifecta. Anything that's useful. Anything that's useful.
0: You are listening to The OwlCast, the official podcast of ACS Athens.
1: From your individual, professional or even personal experience, what is the best advice for a student with English as a foreign language? Obviously, for someone entering the academy, English should be a second language. But younger students may have an even lower level of proficiency.
2: I can talk about this one because I I had lived in China previously, teaching this the, the, these students, and in Italy and in the U.S. So kind of seeing the the broad range. The best ways: How do you make it connect right with their interests in terms of studying? And how do you get them to not to to reach to mastery? So we don't want them to just do exercises. We want them to fully comprehend a topic and. What's a really cool program that we run the last three years that actually began as an EFL support and has extended all the way through the entire sixth grade regular language arts. But it's particularly useful for EFL. It's called No Red Ink. And what we're doing is it's a tool that, first of all, sets up where kids sign up and then they choose pop culture interests. They're choosing musicians and artists. And so then... The characters, Harry Potter or The Rock, right? They're in the examples. So The Rock dances at midnight down the street, and they have to identify the verbs. We've They've brought it up that they love seeing their what they're interested in in their examples. And the other piece I'll say about that is how to help the EFL students. It's really having data for them so that they can get the feedback directly. They have their accounts, so they're able to follow, and they're all digital natives, So they can naturally work with this. So as they go, if they get stuck, they can actually be given notification. This is the area you're stuck on. Here's an interactive tutorial. Here's a specific one-page lesson on how you can approach it. So getting this constant feedback and the program is focused on mastery and it's gamified. So they're able to see when they achieve. So it's also for EFL in particular, it's about that motivation, the belief that they can actually achieve and find progress to ESL to um, English language classrooms and beyond. Mm-hmm. So I think using this data and using these programs and having studios that then partner with teachers to be directly in the classroom and provide that that background support and give students that information um, has been really great. We've received incredible feedback so far from those EFL kids.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you touched upon a very important point, which is cultural diversity. You're bringing up cultural icons so people connect what happens if the other person doesn't have that icon like the rock or Mm -hmm. harry potter in their you know collective memory how do you approach these people have you gone out of your way to see what a student from
2: indonesia or from china or from even greece absolutely at least on that program they can type in anyone they want there you go so we sit and we brainstorm and in the beginning of the year we go to every classroom and so we sit there and work with the kids each one and we get that excitement level pumped up. And then when the kids realize they can type in anyone they want, particularly it could be a poet that they know. Of, or like you said, it could be a certain movie star in a different country. Right. And their eyes light up. So that's an incredible thing to add to that multicultural sort of campus that we try to strive for.
3: And I think kind of just also paying attention. I mean, working at an international school and I work previously with ESL students too, is really listening and paying attention, asking them questions about their heroes, their cartoon characters, you know, how are they different than ours? So that's really important too. Mm-hmm.
1: You both have read college essays from students that may be too eager to get admitted in the university of choice and others too reluctant to commit. Are there statements from students that have stood out for you? Memorable or funny that you may use as examples for others to either adopt or avoid?
2: (laughs) There's one student in particular that she's an incredible writer. She's all about um, nutritional science. (laughs) And the one that sticks out is she progresses through, she remembers um, eating celery sticks while she hears the crunch of other students' Doritos. And then she grows older, she's 17, and she's looking at the... How, uh, organic peanut butter looking for a particular chemical and then she frowns that it's not there and she goes down the aisle so she's bringing this very descriptive language to nutritional science but showing her progression of how much detail that she spends and the just the specific the specificity of those labels on uh, this really makes you smile when you read it and that will translate over how would this translate to a college acceptance counselor they would love it. They would love they it. They would love it. It's personal. and it's, it's unique. It's unique. Yes. Absolutely. And it, it flows because she makes a connection. You can't just have one mention of Doritos or peanut butter. And then she, you connect it in because she started a blog as well. So she does cooking and she shares it. So it's all a part of this connected narrative <laughs> that she's created.
1: <laughs> and just a disclaimer, we're not endorsing any product <laughs> in this uh, podcast. <laughs> How about you, Viseretis? I
3: would say a lot of students that really embrace their you know, vulnerability mm-hmm. and kind of turn it into courage and strength. I see a lot of positives overall in their essays. And, you know, um, it's a challenge for students that are kind of unable to go there or sometimes you know how do we encourage them to do that but i think those types of students also help to encourage others it's kind of to open up and and you know discuss about how they came from point a to point b whether it was from maybe being bullied and, Mm -hmm. you know, who kind of helped them there? How did they gain that inner strength to kind of help themselves work through that issue and that problem and then become even stronger and more resilient? So I think those students stick out the most to me. Uh, The ones that are willing to use maybe a hardship um, is a process of growth.
1: The capstone project is about bringing the academic classroom work into the real world and having students begin to transition from their final two years to customize their academic efforts according to their future goals. I am very intrigued by this statement and how you describe the capstone project on our website. Um, Can you explain how the idea came about and how students benefit? Who's involved?
2: This is a really exciting project. I think it's our, our most um, energizing space this year because it's new. Last year, because of COVID, it was a mini capstone. So it was, it was shortened down in terms of the length and the requirements. This year, um, the 10th grade students have advisory in the second semester. So the first semester, how do we start the process of getting the students started? So that's where the Writing Studio came in. And in partnership with the principal, and with all the counselors and advisory and the writing studio. So you have this cross section of departments. And really the main goal is to get students to connect the sustainable development goals. What personal connection do they have to these and researching them further, then looking at their career aspirations and their college paths and trying to find how do those two aspirations of what they'd like to work on in the future blend into a more specific area of research. And what we're doing now, we can talk about the, so what is really exciting this year, the other extension piece is the showcase at the end of second semester. And let me just make it tangible and give you an example. There's a student who does designs her own t-shirts and she creates graphic art with her own t-shirts. And she's really interested this year. Let's say her research question is, um, She's looking at to what extent does climate change impact Arctic foxes in the tundra biome over the last 10 years. So she has identified really what her area of interest is, right? So she's looking at the SDG life on land. Her career interest is all around environmentalism, but also graphic art. So she has different areas. She started seeing these things together. Now, the showcase and entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. So the showcase is going to be. She has these plans. She's going to design a new T-shirt with an Arctic fox. She's going to sell them to other students, and then she's going to donate that money to organizations that are working on protection of this species in this area. So we're really getting kids, and then talk about college essays. Now we have stories to tell of projects and development. But this is the intersection and and reach beyond the classroom that. We're really excited about for all 119 10th grade students. So everyone's going to have their own diverse research question and, and set.
3: Yeah. And, you know, we've had kids ask us today, like I had a student today ask, you know, where are we going with this? Like, what is really the purpose? Because right now they're not being graded, but I truly see that they are inspired. Like they are they want to know. Like I have a student that today she was looking at, um, you know, criminals that were imprisoned and how um, are the interventions that they had in jail? How will that help them later not to reoffend? So we have some really unique and interesting questions coming up. And we see kids are really motivated to continue this, despite the fact that They're not getting a grade. So I feel, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, we're kind of really working hard with we're doing theater presentations. We're doing little cahoots with little (laughs) prizes going on. Um, These are some of the new things that we're doing to kind of create a little bit more enthusiasm from the project from from the get go.
2: Absolutely. And just to give one more example, there's a girl who knows she wants to study in France. She has her family is part French and she's also knows that she wants to do something with marketing. So she's looking at marketing campaigns and supermarkets. And then she's also thinking about next year and the year after when I do my additional research projects in other classes, other IB courses for extended essays or internal assessments. She then knows she's going to focus on other areas within marketing. And she's going to look at other areas within the French industries could be restaurants today and could be looking at um, like salons um, for other research projects. And then when you come to 12th grade, you're going to have this connected story already naturally. So they're in 10th grade, so they're at this turning point. And we want to catch them, give them these great research skills that are directly relevant to the next two years. So that's what we hope builds that really strong foundation so they have success.
1: Uh, it's very clear to me that the writing studio is a unique service. Every school should provide. In some countries, including Greece, Uh, This kind of support is provided almost exclusively and extensively by external tutoring houses where students seek language support, advice, guidance with the sole purpose of attaining higher grades and a best chance to enter their university of choice. Some parents may even appear to be surprised that such a tutoring service is not required outside of our school. Could you share any feedback you've had from parents about the benefit they see from the writing studio support
2: to their children. I met this year in the very beginning with parents, as we always do, and what they're really happy about is the one-on-one nature, so we can really deep dive, and the fact that we have an expertise, not just in for 12th graders, and only in research and this high academic skills, but we're working with the seventh graders on simply making a thesis statement or how to take notes on tangerine, or how to review the themes of the outsider. So it's really wide ranging. And I think parents appreciate that we're with them and following them. It's like we get to be their teachers every year. Mm -hmm. We follow them, we know them. So we know where their deficits are, we know where their strengths are. And from what I've heard, this is um, the greatest strength that we're with them over the years.
1: Mr. Mr. Zanuzi, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to The Owlcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of the ACS Athens Media Studio.